prosecution outlined how accounting practices what fuck? What? did not What kind of likeness is that? If they were great artists, they'd be in a museum. I'm fucking fodder for cartoonists now. sound means it's time for another episode of gutter boys gutter boys is a small press comics podcast about the ins the outs the highs and the very deep endless lows of making comics i'm your host jb with my co-host cam on today's episode we are joined with a friend of the show comic artist illustrator uh podcaster heavy metal superstar heavy metal superstar beach mac and man daniel itazari yeah yeah Uh, but before we get into that, we have some news. I don't think we have any shout outs, do we? Did Did you get anything in the no, mail? No, um, we did get a couple packages, but um, they literally were my mail. I got them today. Um, mail didn't run today, but I got them today oh, okay. uh, from checking my mail. So uh, those will return next episode. So yeah, for the intro this time around, um, we polled the listeners on uh, news that you all wanted us to cover. That was kind of fun last time. Um <laughs> Little did we know that the day that we uh, asked for news that uh, Pisker and uh, Rug would shoot themselves in the face with their own cum from their own dicks. But uh, for the full scoop on that, we're going to do a whole episode with uh, friend, enemy of the show, Ramon Villalobos. <laughs> frenemy. Frenemy. Comics uh, next frenemy. Week. Yeah. yeah. Next week on the Patreon. So subscribe to uh, our Patreon at gutterboys.top or patreon.com forward slash gutterboys. If you want us to weigh in on the uh, recent Ed Pisker, Jim Rugg debacle, I guess to, you know, not get too deep into it. All I can really say about this dude is, uh, Jim, we tried to save you, bro. We really did. We offered our hand multiple times, and you never accepted it, but uh, <laughs> look at you now, man. Yeah, real unfortunate. Yeah, we'll, we'll get really into that on the bonus. It's it's going to be a good time, I think. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's going to be a great time. Um, lots of riffs, lots of jokes. It'll be a yeah. laugh. I guess, you know, for non-patrons, I just want to say Ed Pisker's a fucking bitch for letting Jim Rugg take the fall for this alone. He's yeah, like yet that, to comment publicly or make a statement. I mean, that's I feel like that's on brand for the guy. Yeah, one hundred percent. But still, just reaffirming. Yeah, for real. All right, moving on. Uh, let's see. We have uh, something that's been popping up on our feed repeatedly, and that is an old fan letter written in for Peep Show issue ten. Yeah, Joe Matt's comic. Uh, let me pull up that tweet. That's yeah, in, the- in it he writes. Dear Joe Matt, Peep Show is brilliant. Your work has been a big influence on my songwriting. I feel like comics and pop music are analogous, quasi-art forms. Comics has its Conans. Music has its Iron Maidens. Comics has its (laughs) Cerebuses. Music has its Fugazis. I feel like the new Weezer album, Pinkerton, is a lot like Peep Show. 
you and I are both shedding light on our despicable ids. We both feel guilty for what we uncover, and we both aim to create what you call a compelling work. We both are working under the shadow of the higher arts, you under Da Vinci and me under Beethoven. <laughs> and, and yet, we are both somehow above fluffy pop entertainment like Archie for you and the new kids on the block for me. We're both incredibly slow to produce, and we both like Asian girls. Keep jerking off, Rivers Cuomo, L.A., California. Uh, yeah, this... <laughs> uh, my man compared himself to Beethoven. That is <laughs> fucking wild. Also, New Kids on the Block. All of those comparisons were fucking trash. Their entire discography is better than anything you've touched. Like, let's be fucking real. Pinkerton is trash. Weezer fucking sucks ass. And if Pinkerton is like your high point, goddamn, like that's embarrassing. Was that like album two for them? I think so. What was uh, fucking Blue Album? Blue was Album, first. yeah, yeah, yeah. So those two were supposed to be your bangers, uh, allegedly, according to your own fans. Everything after that sucks. No, it all sucks. It, it all, it's all pretty bad. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm glad you're still jerking off to Asian girls. That's pretty good. Uh, that hasn't changed. You're still you're still twelve year old white what boy. What does Cerebus and Fugazi have? Like, how do you draw the line there? I don't. Like, I think he just means they're both indie ish. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah. his comparisons are really fucking insane. But Off anyway, as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty pretty cringe letter from a very cringe musician that's in a cringe band. So that all lines <laughs> up very perfectly. I think all the stars aligning. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, shout out Joe Matt, though. Uh, I know Joe Matt's a problematic figure in the uh, community, but, you know, I, uh, I, I'm i a fan of his work. Is it problematic? Sure. But uh, there's some good stuff in there. You know, you can find some good drawings. Um, but yeah, he's a despicable freak. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> warts and all, he shows you that in the work. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Who's Julie Doucette? You're, oh, you're a fan yeah, of her, right? Julie Doucette's got a new book. Okay. And uh just won the fucking Grand Prix. Bay Prize. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out Julie Doucet. Julie Doucet, you slided me at SPX 2019, but that's okay. That's what you do. <laughs> she had a signing at the Drawn and Quarterly table uh -huh. from like three to just, it might not be the exact time frame, but like from like three to four. And uh, our table was like kind of busy. You're probably going to remember this once the story ends. So I like, I ran over there at like, and I got to the table at like 359. And I was like, and she was just like promoting um, a uh, like $150 box set. Yeah. And uh, I was like, Julie, I was like, if I buy this, I'm so sorry for being late. Will you, you know, you draw in it? And, or I didn't say we draw it. Will you uh, sign it, please? And um, she just like looked at me, looked at her watch. And then looked at me again and like just looked like, oh, really? Like, I'm about to clock out. <laughs> French people suck, by the way. <laughs> like, I'm assuming that she's French, but. Uh, no, French Canadian, I think. Oh, even worse. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's a there's a clear tier of shitty people. It's French Canadians and then French underneath that. Uh, so that makes sense. Okay. Well, peace and love from my end to Julie Doucet. Besides you sliding me, um, I'm still a fan of the work. I do look forward to checking out the new uh, book. Um. <laughs> oh, I, I have to uh, pray to my queen at uh, it was four o'clock, so I cannot draw in your book. <laughs> Fucking get the fuck out of here with that. Uh, yeah, but it, but it's not like you lost like a five dollar zine sale. It was like a hundred plus dollars. Yeah, but they, she doesn't care. She got loonies to count at home. So yeah, you know. <laughs> Friend of the show, MS Harkness, uh, also wanted us to bring up Birdcage Bottom Books. They just wrapped up their recent Kickstarter campaign. Was that funded? I'm assuming it yeah, was. Yeah, it was. Okay. Um, I know Josh Bayer had a book in there. I don't recall who else. Um, let me see. 
It was a Kickstarter. Okay, well, we can still kickstart Gutter Mag if everybody else is using it. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. So it does look like it was funded. Graphic novels by Josh Bayer, brother Malcolm, Brett Hamill, and uh, Aeon Hand. Do you get a Many NFT comics by Lance with every Ward book? And Yiquan Zhu. Do what now? Do you get a, is there a birdcage NFT I can get if I fund the book? I don't think so. I don't That's see bullshit. that on there. I don't want to back it then. If I'm not going to yeah. get my <laughs> NFT, then what's the point? Oh, do you know Funko started doing NFTs? They're just like mock-ups of uh, <laughs> what Pops would be. A shitty drawing of a shitty toy. All right, cool. like, they look like Toy Story, like, you know, rendered in like a Pixar God, style. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Imagine the type of guy buying those. Like, <laughs> fuck. Bro, okay, so here's the catch. I was reading into them. Like, they, like, you know how, like, there's, like, toys will have, like, exclusive, like, stickers on them. Funkos will have, like, a little sticker that have, like, you know, like, the store exclusive or whatever. And these just say, like, NFT, because I was looking at them today on a tweet that popped up on the timeline. But, yeah, Damn. that's, like, fucking pathetic. I got my Deadpool NFT of a Funko Pop. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not sad or embarrassing in any way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. All right, Domino Books. They're starting a new anthology called Jaywalk. Number one is already out, according to listener... Uh, best small press yeah i know you're a, a big fan of domino books right yeah and austin english will be on the show soon um uh, that's right yes yes yeah i dm'd him to set up a time uh haven't heard back but that was just because it was a couple hours ago but he will be oh, on yeah. the show that's right yeah yeah he sent us the books thank you by the way uh mm-hmm. really really awesome work uh but yeah we'll, we'll talk about that when we have him on yeah, uh, I still need to buy a copy of Jaywalk, or you can send me one, Austin. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but I do need to get a copy of that. It does look cool. I think he's doing that on the newsprint that he usually does the uh, Domino uh, releases on that aren't like actual like book books. That said, though, it looks like the rest of the news is about the Pisker stuff, which, uh, hey, folks, we're putting behind a paywall, but only because, rest assured, that JB and I planned on dedicating this entire first segment to talking about that, but Ramon was chomping at the bit to come on. He was just like, please. <laughs> Please let me come on and do the intro with you all. Please, please, please. And that's not going to be under 20 minutes. I can tell yeah. you that right now. <laughs> yeah, we would have. This episode would have been four and a half fucking hours. Yeah, so we're not um, doing that to you. Yeah, we told him if you want to do this, it's going to be on Patreon just so that way you can go a little longer because, you know, Ramon, uh, he's got to get his shit in. Yeah. If you really have FOMO about not being able to hear what we talk about and you're not a patron. Well, one, why aren't you a patron? And two, just go on Twitter. <laughs> just go on yeah, Twitter. Yeah. That'll give you I a mean, nice rough just, summary of what we're going to talk about. You'll have to read 300 tweets between everything and like, you know, connect the web and jump to everybody's profiles. Uh, there's, there's like a, a few key ones that you only need to read, I feel like, to get it. Uh, one of them, it's so fucking funny, like, because Bleeding Cool covered it and they were just like, Ed Pisker and Jim Rugg, you know, drop mouse-inspired variant cover. Comics fans react negatively. And it like uh, had a bunch of quotes from people like negatively disagreeing. And the top quoted fucking tweet was Ramones where he just wrote L plus ratio. <laughs> and that <laughs> so wasn't I there originally. That. that was not there originally. I think. No, it wasn't. But I do love that Ramon was able to just hit up Rich Johnson who runs Bleeding Cool and being like, hey, add this. <laughs> He's like, yo, you forgot one. <laughs> Fuck. Just controlling and manipulating the yeah. comics media. <laughs> manipulating another man so that you can get your shit in. <laughs> That's such a fucking smooth move. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you want to hear about this, Patreon, uh, gutterboys.top or patreon.com forward slash gutterboys. <laughs> yeah, for $5, you can hear that, plus, uh, you know, some other other shit. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, but hey, all right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be joined with our buddy, uh, Dio Daniel Irizari. 
So stay tuned. We'll be right back. One day while combing the beach, Amber and Alana discovered a pair of beautiful medallions. What happened next changed their lives forever. The Santos Sisters will have you laughing from cover to cover as they fight crime, date dumb dudes, and just deal with everyday life as young women in the world. Coming in at a whopping 56 pages, this comic is printed with a four-color web press on decadent newsprint. All that for just five bucks? The number one source for underground comics in Chicago, Quimby's, says this about our comic. A style that's part Archie, part superhero, part snark, but it's all fun. And we think that's just sick. The Santos Sisters is available now in select comic book stores and online at santosisters.com. Rust Belt Review is a quarterly comics lit magazine featuring serialized and short-form comics from some of the most exciting cartoonists in the small press scene today. Volume 1 features work from Gutter alums M.S. Harkness, Audra Stang, and Caleb Arecchio, along with work by Andrew Greenstone, Sean Knickerbocker, and Juan Jose Fernandez. You can order your copy of Rust Belt Review today by going to rustbeltreview.org. Enter in promo code GUTTER to receive two bucks off your order. Again, that website is rustbeltreview.org. Promo code GUTTER. The Last Aviatrix is a post-nuclear adventure comic by independent Los Angeles-based cartoonist Buster Cagle. The story follows Summer, our last aviatrix, who pilots the sole surviving airplane, a nuclear-powered B-29, as she travels the ruined world finding ways to survive and help humanity while dealing with the eminent threat of the Atomborn, a rare breed of atomic wizards that want to see her out of the sky. Her mission becomes complicated when she accidentally picks up Henry, an Atomborn child who wields incredible power, and Clementine, a berserker on a quest for vengeance. Can our aviatrix survive this ruined and irradiated way Land? Every issue can be read for free on BusterKegel.com slash comics. Paper copies can be ordered as well, but, you know, you can still read it for free. If you like Wizards or Warplanes, go check it out. Tired of the same old comics? Why not try Clusterfucks Comics instead? Clusterfucks Comics is a black-and-white anthology comic zine featuring some of the best underground comics creators today. Creators like Adam Uter, Brian Judge, Isaac Roller, Cameron Zavala, Miguel Aguilar, Dylan Henty, Jared Cody Wolf, Paparotti, Umberto Tanella, Matthew Grant, and so many more. You haven't heard of any of those people? Well, fuck you! Grab a copy and discover their amazingness today, you uncultured swine. The first three issues are available now, with the fourth issue debuting in April. So go grab your copy today at camiscomiccorner.com slash comics with an X, or follow them on Instagram at clusterfuckscomics. Clusterfuckscomics. Comics you can clusterfucks with. Hey, Gutter Gang. Cam here to tell you about Soggy Landing again, longtime supporter of the podcast. They recently sent us printed copies of the first three chapters to review and are currently posting Chapter 4 online with updates on Instagram. And while I personally haven't seen any of Chapter 4 since I don't read webcomics, I can tell you the first three chapters are really fun to read and full of weed-smoking wizards and hijinks. They've also been contributors to Rust Belt Review issues 3 and 4 with some soggy side stories, so make sure to check those out too. You can read Soggy Landing over on Study Group Comics and over on Instagram at Ian Densford or at welcome underscore two underscore soggy underscore landing. Soggy Landing, hell yeah, dude. 
Athenium Comic Art is an original art website for some of the best cartoonists in the business. They currently represent Remy Boydell, Marie Capel France, Nicole Gu, Jonathan Hill, Emma Hunsinger, Casey Nowak, Micah Song, and Tilly Walden. Athenium Comic Art gives fans the opportunity to own original piece of art from their favorite comics and support the artists that they love. In their short time in business, they've already shipped many iconic pages out to hardcore fans across the globe. Don't miss out on your chance to own a one-of-a-kind piece of history. Check out their website, AtheniumComicArt.com, and type in Gutter Gang at checkout to receive free shipping on your first order. Again, the website is AtheniumComicArt.com, and the code is GutterGang. to our program. Welcome back from the break. We are joined all the way from Puerto Rico with fellow podcaster and mangaka, Daniel Itizadi. <laughs> uh, folks, <laughs> folks know yeah, him for his yeah. previous work. Uh, well, we'll be getting into that. There's no point in listing them. Daniel, what the fuck is up? Uh, everything's good. Sorry about that little mishap earlier, but I'm glad that I'm here now and everything's recording just fine and I'm happy to be here. Hell yeah. Where are you at on the island, by the way? What city? Um, if you want to like dox me. Yes. I I guess we can Social. we can get like Are you in Bayamon? No, no. Um I, I'm safe. I dated a girl from there. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bayamon is like is like notoriously uh slutty hot oh, area. Okay. Like hot chicks or hot temperature wise? No, like a lot of gunfire. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah we well use she wasn't really caliente, about that life. You know? She came over when she was like three. Okay. Okay, but actually, the, I'm not that much safer where I am. I feel like most towns got a hot place like that. I'm in Ponce. Ponce is the south, the biggest city in the south. And uh, we have a bit of a reputation for being, uh, like, acting like we're better than everybody. Or, like, Ponce people act like they're better than everybody. I've recently adjusted to living back in Ponce. I'm, maybe it's a bit of a, a shame for most people, but I'm, I'm like taking a small break and I moved back home for a bit. And uh, oh, yeah. previously you you did at one point live in the States, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, my origin story. Yeah, let's get to it. Is, <laughs> is uh, yeah, my, my dad's a doctor. So he, he had one of these offers to be a doctor in a Native American reservation in South Dakota. So he was like a reservation doctor for four years in a small town called Sisseton. And uh, so Sisseton, Wapiton tribe, the Lakota Nation, shout outs to them who probably aren't listening, but you know, you never know. We got a big uh, fan base there. Big fan base in Sisseton, shout outs. Yeah, yeah. the Canucks love um, us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, South Dakota has the craziest, <laughs> craziest weather. It'll be like 115 in the summer and it'll go negative 30s in the winter. So it was it was wild. It was pretty wild. But yeah, after that, like I stayed in South Dakota just long enough to become a weird person back in Puerto Rico. 
Does that make sense? Like, we came back, we moved to, like, a mountain town over here, like, in the country, in, like, deep rainforest, and I was just, like, a weird little American kid, basically. So, like, uh, did they give you shit, like, the other kids in Puerto Rico when you came back? Yes, because, like, kids, they only learn the swear words, Mm -hmm. so as soon as they they met me, they'd be like, hey, Salaman Bish, (laughs) hey, Salaman Bish. (laughs) And that was <laughs> that was their their way of uh, having fun. And I was like I was like a little Christian boy. Like I didn't I didn't know how to swear. I didn't know good swears. Hell yeah! So how long have you been back in Puerto Rico? What was the timeline on this? And that was you... like since '98, basically. Okay, so you've lived um, in Puerto Rico since '98. Yeah, like we just got to the island, and then Hurricane George hit. And it was like a pretty big hurricane. We were without power for months. So it was like a very big reality check, basically. Yeah, Um, damn. And that was when you were a child, though? Yeah. Yeah, I was 10. I was 10. Okay, gotcha. So moving from that into like comics, is there much of a presence comics-wise on the island? Like, or is it mainly like online? How, what was your exposure to that at first? Uh, my exposure was my older brother. He was a big comics guy. He had like a giant connect like collection of a bunch of 90s books, a lot of like original uh, X-Men, a lot of like Joe Madureira X-Men stuff. So a lot of my comic influences were whatever he was into. He had like this like original 90s Elseworld volume of Kingdom Come that I would like pour through. He, He had a lot of books that that was like my main exposure and i since he was like 12 years is 12 years older than me i had a lot of that exposure really early so i i I feel like i was consuming comics since i can remember and were there comic shops or were they in the gas stations like here in america like were they hard to get there where I was, that, like, mountain town or, like, yeah, it was impossible to get them. It was, like, just rereading my brother's comics over and over until we moved back to Ponce, where all of a sudden there was a couple places like GameStop. GameStop had, like, Shonen Jumps, and that was, like, my, my exposure to, like, comic book purchasing was just buying Wizard magazines and Shonen Jumps. Yeah, I, I, I would basically, like, keep up or with the idea of what was happening in comics with Wizard, but what was what I was actually reading was, like, manga. And that's really, like, kind of funny, because, like, it seems like when we talk to people who, on the show, who are not from America, like, the comics they grew up reading were, like, manga, and that's, like, the biggest, like, shit here in America right now. So it's, like, funny how much, like, reach uh, Japanese comics have as opposed to, like, American comics. I almost feel like, you know, like, they're definitely bigger here in the States uh, mm-hmm. than, like, standard comics, but it's just, like, funny how, like, much more easier it is to access that stuff uh, worldwide, yeah. it seems, based off who we talk to compared to, like, you know, like, Big Two stuff or whatever, which you'd think that would be, like, you know, the opposite because, like, Batman and Superman, you know, you think they're, like, these global sensations. Yeah, but that's always, like, movies. For people, that's right, movies. Right. Those characters are movie characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, we've talked about like a, a million reasons why comic books, the actual comic books, American comic books don't get off the ground anymore. Like those mainstream characters. But always, it always comes down to it's as simple as like you can like read a manga and you can find the first volume of a thing and keep reading it. 
like a lot of my friends, we also like we would uh, read a lot of like scanlations. Once I had, <laughs> once I was like too broke to continue my like Shonen Jump subscription. Or, like, to the, the Shonen Jump addiction where I would, like, go every month to that same GameStop and pick up a, a new a new volume. I just started, like, finding them online through ways that might may or may not be uh, legal. <laughs> it's so funny that you had to, like, go to GameStop out of all places to get the fucking comics you liked. <laughs> Which, I, and I know they actually recently uh, tried to get back into selling comics. Like, there's one that's, like, uh, right next to, like, where I live, and I'll stop over there sometimes if I'm getting a new game. And, like, I remember seeing some DC comics in there, like, actually for sale in the past couple years. So, um, I'm sure that wasn't the case back then, but, like, just, that sounds awful having to go to a GameStop to it, get fucking comics. It is. It is. <laughs> and like there like there was a comic book shop that I just didn't know about. I was I was like in high school. Puerto Rico is very like road heavy. They mm-hmm. they took the island and like chopped it up with roads. And if you don't like live near an area, you're going to have to drive. And if you're in high school, it's like your parents driving you or some shit. So that was the GameStop was like next to the supermarket. That was, like, my mom was at the supermarket, and I could, like, uh, shuffle away over to the GameStop. And, like, usually it was, like, to look at whatever, but the Shonen Jump, it was, like, an issue with, like, Super Saiyan Vegeta. And we, like, local TV had Dragon Ball Z. Local TV had Rurouni Kenshin. Oh, shit. we, We had, like, a programming block that had those. So we knew those characters. Like, we Mm -hmm. had that. And also because I lived in the States, I lived like right when like Toonami was launching. So yeah, I think that was very big uh, as far as like ushering in like anime and manga here in America. Like that really kicked off things here for like that whole subculture. (laughs) And uh, like Latin American DirecTV had a channel called Locomotion. And maybe some listener will know what I'm talking about. But that shit was um, really inappropriate. It, it was like <laughs> it was like one of the first channels on the whole pro like the whole programming and it would like go into like almost like etchy stuff it, in random moments it was very like fan servicey like mexicans doing like no offense to mexicans but when they like consume anime they're very like cool with anything with whatever like and i was growing up in a an evangelical household <laughs> so these were like cartoons but then i would i would like be in the living room like checking the parents room like constantly be <laughs> like spotting spotting for my parents to make sure that i could like change the channel in time just in case yeah so like the tv was just more free like they, they didn't have as much censorship is that what you mean yes yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. damn hell yeah that's sick though so um they were just showing hentai almost there was this like (laughs) softcore hentai there was a lot of like good series (laughs) like bubblegum crisis saber marionette i think it was called blue seed eat man like this was like my first exposure to like evangelion but then like after around 10 p.m (laughs) they would like uh, show something called like i think it was called like sakura diaries and And that was just like the risque shit yeah yes okay see at at 10 p.m it would just switch to girls gone wild infomercials here (laughs) yeah it's essentially that except the full episodes yeah that's sick yeah at least at least you like had like cool shit like that though like uh yeah it wasn't all just 
Cartoon Network curated. Right, right, for sure. So, like, your work never really reminds me of uh, anime or manga. So do you feel like it's informed or influenced by that shit since it's what you grew up reading? I mean, that makes me sad a little bit because... Uh, I have. I mean, the, the energy is there, but as far as like you know, like the tell-all signs, I don't see yeah, it. You know, I haven't written uh, my own work in a long time. Uh huh. If we go way back to the work that I was publishing at first, like twenty two, like two thousand nine, uh, twenty ten, I was I was very much doing sort of like guy with a sword against robots stuff. Mm-hmm. But especially with Holy West. I was trying to do a quote. This is like as realistic as I can draw, basically. Kind of lean towards a, a sort of more cartoony style. Uh, sorry, I, I was just remembering a terrible review of like when I was working in Judge Dredd. And they were like, this stuff's too anime and cartoony. Like this kind of thing. Like the Judge Dredd fans hated it. Hmm. Yeah, like I like I like expressiveness in my characters. I, I like. Yeah, yeah. It, so I, I see what you mean then. Yeah. So I think that you do take influence in that sense. I do. I do see what you mean there. I guess I just what I meant is you're not like one of these, you know, non uh, Japanese people just like ripping off and aping manga. You know, like uh, you yeah. definitely have your own style that's like informed. But yeah, I don't really see like much of a, a direct lineage. Like, um, so did you end up like finding, you know, American comics from here? Or did you just kind of say, ah, fuck it, you know, or were you torrenting that shit too? Um, I, I think once I hit college, I had a Borders nearby. And oh, that's okay. when I, that's when I started like reading American comic books. And I feel like my style also kind of like subdued some of the more uh, manga influences. I started getting into like uh, late 2000s Marvel, uh, Marvel stuff. So, so like Bendis books, Steve McNeven. David Finch, that kind of art, like trying really hard to like do that sort of like big contrast work and Mignola basically. So like all of that did a number on what my style was, even though I have those influences at Mobius as well around like 2012, I got crazy into Mobius. Yeah, it it became something else with my style. It it became harder to define. I always feel bad because I can never put my style in a box or a category with other people. Yeah, so you mentioned going to school. You went to art school, is that right? College for art? It was a college that had an art program. Okay, okay. So And that's what you enrolled in, though, right? The art program? Yeah, yeah, the art program. Uh, Okay. But it was a... it was a college more like geared towards like engineering and farming and agriculture and so the art program was kind of scarce. I feel like the I feel like going to that college was kind of like a, an afterthought because like I had the I had the the original fantasy of going to the Kubert school. Like I I okay, sent yeah. <laughs> I sent the email like to solicit the or I sent the letter to solicit the brochure and everything. I still have that somewhere. So I had that fantasy of like going to the Kubert school, meeting Stanley, showing him like five drawings and working for Marvel. Like that was like my conception. That's how comics work. That's how comics worked in, in my mind. Yeah. 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 Well, that is how they work, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. If you can find Stanley <laughs> now, 
you, anything can happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is true. This is true. Yeah. So, um, you know, you ended up going to like, you know, the, what what school was it? Uh, it's I'm called. Not to dox uh, you, actually, if you yes. if you don't want to say. Yeah. <laughs> no, it it it's a uh, Mayaguez Colegio de Mayaguez. It's it's a pretty big university. If you're like going to NASA or something, if you're gonna if you're gonna work at NASA, it's a good university okay. to name drop in terms of art. Not really, but what what, what happened was like. I would end up not taking some like art courses during the during the year just so that I could have that time to draw comics. So Hell like yeah. I would I would do that for myself because the general courses just weren't doing much aside from like perspective or color theory, which I feel like I really did absorb as much as I could out of them. But yeah, I was I was doing my own book and that's where i actually learned okay and is there much of like a scene there were you just like publishing work online at this point were you like printing up copies and like distributing them there like going to shows yeah you know, i was what's... just starting beefs and deviant art mostly <laughs> did you say starting beef on deviant art yes. i can yeah. see why you and De- uh, ramon got along so well so quickly <laughs> <laughs> i mean some people just like drew bad or they colored like they would color other people's work badly. So Twitter, and basically. I, I was, I was just, a, I was an asshole. Yeah, I was a bit of an asshole on DeviantArt. I, I was like, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Um, why do you suck? Why do you continue doing this? <laughs> nice. Yeah, and like, it's not like I was even good. It's not like I was even good back then. But I thought I was. I, I did a lot of like DeviantArt finding. Like, I never. Maybe early on, I tried to, like, talk to people I admired, but most of the time, I was just content finding contemporaries. People who were around my age, who were into the same kind of books I was into, like, sorry, like, it might seem a little bit, like, stereotypical, but I was, like, really into Naruto for a bit. And I think there is some of that, like, some of that influence in, like, my motions, like, my, how I do, like, angles sometimes, still. But I would find people, like, there was a site called Manga Revolution that was, like, just a place to post art. And it would be, like, different skill tiers, and I would comment a lot on them. So it was a lot of unknowingly, like, putting my art out there. Because it was always a digital experience, because on the island, or, like, in the university, the comic scene was always, uh, as politely as possible, I will say this, it was always people who were, like... 10 steps behind like they were still doing really bad anime faces none of the people who i was seeing were actually putting that effort into printing a coherent story like anybody who was an artist or who liked manga would just like draw these single images of people who were like usually like hidden hands you know, like hands in the pockets, half angel wing, and then a demon wing. And it was all like their OCs. And they had these stories for them in their heads, but it would never go anywhere. They would never do anything with it. Mm-hmm. But online, it was sort of like people who were more my speed. Like, I, I guess I just started early with a lot. Like, I inherited like a, a Wacom tablet from my older brother. And so I was able to like start digitally coloring my work since like, 2006 okay you were mainly posting online when did you actually get into like printing and then after that i guess we'll get into like you know your journey over to working in america well not working in america but working in american comics 
Yeah, printing was 2000, I want to say 2009. 2009, uh, I used my university's printer, like, their there was like this small office that did publications and I was like, I showed them my, my JPEGs and I was like, can, can you put this into a book? Like I was just figuring it out on my own basically. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I did like a small run of a book called Mecha Rain. I was like, let me be humble and only print 150 issues, which I assume will immediately sell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And and I still maybe have 120 of them in a box over here. Oh, okay. So, like, are there shows or anything down there that, like, people set up? Zine Fest, anything like that? Uh, there are smaller, like, comic book shops will would do, like, uh, free comic book days. Things have gotten better. If we're talking present day PR, uh, there was a really, there was, like, one of the best indie comics festivals over here is called Tintero but since mm -hmm. the pandemic there hasn't been one Rosa uh, Rosa Colón is the organizer she does really good indie comics under Soda Pop Comics so shout out to her if I doubt she's listening but she's great she's like a sort of a fairy godmother of the indie comic scene on the island okay okay and that's like more like the present day but like present you know day. back Back, back in those days, like when you were first starting, like were you just mainly relying on the internet to get your work out there? Were you selling those, you know, you didn't sell much, but were you selling those, you know, copies yeah, like online? I was selling online, them. I was like or? walking around. I was like walking around the university with my books. Oh shit, okay. Hustling for real. <laughs> yeah, I would like I would like talk to different professors I knew and ask them for like a minute so that I could like show my comic to classmates or like to, to the people in the class. And they would like, thankfully I had professors who, who would see my work and be like, Oh, he's actually doing something kind of decent. Like I, I was able to show that I was, I had a product that wasn't just notebook, like nonsense, notebook scribbles. Yeah, so did you pull any dates from showing everybody your comics? That's that's what that's how I thought people dated. <laughs> like when I was in middle school, I would be like, <laughs> I thought that you find a girl that draws and you show them that you draw better. <laughs> yes, <and laughs> you own them and in drawing. She this is wants some remote shit. <laughs> and, Go on, and and we would either we would be like. Fuck, it's messed up. I always thought that I would have like this like Sundereth rivalry thing, somebody. <laughs> you definitely are a product of manga. <laughs> it yeah, sounds like Bakuman. It's you got messed manga up. Brain. <laughs> yeah, I I do have that brain damage. Mm -hmm. No, but like by the time by the time I was in college, uh where when I did date, like it was it wasn't a core part of the courting at all. Like I would, I would do like terrible like birthday presents that were like a cute drawing. I was that kind of guy, mm -hmm. and and they were nice enough to accept those gifts. So shout out to them. So obviously, there's a bridge that goes from here to you know you getting work for some of the bigger comic companies and properties here in America. If you could paraphrase that, like how you got from there to you know, I guess currently where you're at for real you know and everything that led yeah, up to this i feel a little bad i'll uh, that's a tangent but uh i was 
posting pretty regularly. Like, I never stopped posting. I just <laughs> jumped from, like, DeviantArt to Tumblr. This should be on and your tombstone. Never stopped posting. <laughs> never stopped posting. <laughs> no, but I, I moved to Tumblr, and by the time I was on Tumblr, I was just posting much more, like, professionally, just posting the art, posting my own books. Like, I had Mecharane, which I did, like, four official issues of. And then I tried to make something that would, like, be, like, the next big hit online that never really happened. But it was, like, a good 15-page issue of something called Renegade Sex Machine. And it was th- it was basically, like, my cyberpunk anime Mobius thing around 2013. This was before... This was before it was played out, I promise. This was before, like, the character with, like, curly pink hair and the side buzz cut wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. I started that. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. You heard it here, folks. Like, he invented, Daniel invented that. Dio. I invented the buzz it. cut with the curly <laughs> hair, and it was yeah. pink. Daniel invented e-girls. People don't know this, yep. but... Uh, yeah, no, yeah. and it was a dude, and, it, and he was a sex robot. I was breaking down all <laughs> kinds of barriers. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that, and that did get, like, that got attention from a couple of uh, writers. Jacob Free, who has done a couple of books, um, he's working on Cities of Magic right now, and Seth. Seth, even back then, was hiring me for pitch work. So I did a bit of that, and um, actually, like, even maybe before RSM came out, I had my image comics debut and as much as it's awkward now as much as it's it's uncomfortable now which is what i was saying that i felt bad about yeah that was like me randomly hitting brandon graham up like uh even if he's like a persona non grata now uh he liked my work enough to give me a five page backup in the pages of profit and that was an issue that Simon Roy drew. Like, he drew and wrote. So, like, my comics debut had my name right under, like, Rob Leefield. That's something I'm yeah, always, like, proud of. Insane, yeah. It's like, you know, a hell of a hell of a debut. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's all this stuff surrounding this person now that is all alleged and cannot be litigated, okay? Uh, yeah, it's it's all alleged. Litigation gotta, girlfriend, back off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're not saying anything. Chick, yeah, we didn't say anything. We just mentioned a name and an issue that was out. Yeah. This is all alleged behavior. Controversies. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I guess, you know, you getting, you know, the rub from Image, uh, that just kind of opened the doors for you to other editors? Not even that. Like, I, I've always felt, I've always felt so... <laughs> This is so funny. I've always felt so on the outside about it that like there was that and that was a nice moment. And I was like, oh, yep, this is it. I'm in. I'm in comics. Mm-hmm. And then I wouldn't like hear from anybody and I would like do more pitch work with Seth. I think I worked on that's when I worked on the book with him. And then around 2014 was when Boom Studios hit me up out of nowhere. I'm, I don't know why, I don't know who pointed them in my direction, but uh, that's how I did America Town. That, I guess, is the first full book I drew for an American publisher. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't even know what to say about that book, though. 
Like, was it a bad experience or was it just kind of there? Um, it's one of these books that's like written by a TV guy. Apparently, one of the one of the people who worked on the prison show Oz uh, wanted to do a comic book where they were imagining like, whoa, what if Americans were the illegal immigrants moving south? Hmm. So they start off Big with brain. that minefield that like. <laughs> that like minefield of content and they're like we need to get a latino on this we, we need to get dollar some, signs yeah we need to get some kind of like shield that we can put in front of our work in case this backfires but like if you look at oz the hbo series and you look at my like colorful sci-fi work that i that i was known for at the time like it's it, it wasn't a it wasn't a good fit it wasn't a good fit at all like they wanted to do sort of like a gritty down to earth immigrant story about a guy in his 40s who was like down on his luck and he was just been smuggled into Argentina and his son is there but he's like he's getting arrested and it's like what if they treated white people like they treat brown people damn really makes you think yeah yeah right yeah. <laughs> It was it was like the episode of Star Trek where there's like a guy with a black face and a white half, but then they hate each other because their faces are black and white on opposite sides. Real thinker, real thinker of a book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, like around issue two or, or three, like the writers started to like lag with the scripts that they'd send. I was never the fastest artist to begin with. At around issue four, they stopped publishing it, but I kept drawing it and it came out as a full book, eight issues. And I, hopefully no one has read it since. Fingers crossed. Nobody's read it. <laughs> I'm going to have to find these. Folks, this is, yeah, this is your, this is gutter gang nation. This is your, your cue to find that shit and send it to us. <laughs> I hope I hope I'm gonna you get guys that shit never, slabbed and graded. I hope you guys <laughs> never find it. And funny enough, again, because uh, apparently people who are a little bit controversial love me. I at that point I started uh, talking to collaborating with uh, Ulysses Farinas. Farinas. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, is Ulysses canceled or anything like that? <sighs> He's. He's I don't living, want to compliment He's living life his are. way. Uh, well, like, he definitely around 2018 stopped getting, like, big comic book work. No, no Judge Dredd or, like, there was never, like, after Judge Dredd, there wasn't, like, a series at that level that he was helming. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see. And for whatever reason... For whatever reason, um, basically, I... Okay, so we worked together on Claudia and Rex. That book is a three-issue series. I'm still really proud of the art that I did on that book. But some asshole artist flaked on Ulysses. And I'm talking real rude because this is Dan McDade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> he, flakes, he flakes on Ulysses on working on his second Judge Dredd book, and we're already talking. He's like, do you want the job? And I'm like, yes, obviously. Im immediately, yes. 
So shout out to Dan. I appreciate whatever crisis you went through that let me do that book. He just couldn't find any haggis. Basically, he was he actually he was on a quest to find more haggis and he couldn't mm-hmm. draw. He did not have any time to draw. <laughs> He's like Hell yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was gonna. I was gonna do a terrible, terrible British accent, but I, I, I'm not even gonna try. Yeah. And while I was working on Judge Dredd, there was like this, these projects with Ulises where he was like, "Yep, after this, we're gonna get ready for for this book, and then this book, and I, they're already lined up with IDW, and and we're it's basically a surefire thing." like last issue of judge dread comes out and he's like yeah that, those aren't gonna happen so i i was kind of like left in uh in a comics limbo at that point mm-hmm. and that was like the extent <laughs> that was like the extent of most of my professional comics career until like 2019 i did some work with star trek in idw and that's it and that's basically since then i've been preparing holy west for its eventual birth and release onto the world. Hell yeah. I'm stoked to see it, man. I uh, back the Kickstarter. I'm stoked to see it. I appreciate your patience from the, like since that moment on. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we like we know. No, no, it's like we we know it's it's been a a lot a lot of time. Is the next book that you're going to work on have horses in it too? I much love to Seth Jacob who is writing Holy West and uh, may write more issues with horses in them. I have no I, I have no interest in drawing horses ever again in my life. I'm good at it though. I'm good at it. Yeah, now. yeah. You you had to. Yeah. Yeah, and you were sending uh your edit of, of the horse uh <laughs> yeah. to us the other day. <laughs> I I actually um I felt so embarrassed about those first pages from twenty eighteen that I before the actual book gets printed, I needed to go back and, and fix them. And I think it looks better now. It's it's just that I knew if it was a book about, I don't know, like vampires and I got a horse wrong for like one page one time, I wouldn't care. But this is like a Western book. So like the people who read this think about horses. I had to give them something decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I think what I, like what has kept me part of the comics community has more or less been like working with Ramon and Flintayo, like Max Flintayo. So let's let's talk about Flintayo a little bit though. So yeah. why the fuck is your show so long? <laughs> yeah, three um, hours is it, wild. <laughs> it feels natural. Even now we've talked forty two minutes. It feels like we're just starting a conversation. We're just no, getting no, to we're, know we're each other. No, no, we're we're about to end it, baby. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna feel like like I'm gonna get blue balls after this. Basically, I'm starting like, to understand short. why you guys have so many episodes in the can because they're all three hours each, and Ramon doesn't um, want to edit because, three hours each. <laughs> like, if you want to know three hours after editing, essentially, like God, if you want to if you want to know why our Nightmare. our show comes out so like sporadically, 
just take a look at any preview page that Ramon has dropped in the chat, you know? Like Yeah, like once one every seventeen months. I have I have uh I'm sure he's done I'm I'm sure he's done more pages and he's just dropping like these little morsels. But I have the utmost sympathy for the man <laughs> at being someone who takes way too long to draw. How long does he take to do one page just to ink it? Well his shit's looking very dense right now. Yeah, and and I I am I don't know if it's like a similar obsession, but I find myself not being able to let go of a page without filling those corners in. What is that about? Uh, maybe it's like the Frank Quietly influence that we share, or like the clear it's what you line. All call the old school pro. <laughs> yeah, like I know I'm not an old school the, the, the pro. Jeff Darrow. <laughs> yeah, like. There is, there's just something very- Y'all gonna start drawing into the word bubbles and shit at this point. I actually get, like, I get mad at word bubbles because they cover some good stuff. Yeah, you should just draw right into them. Yeah, because the image doesn't make sense to me if it's not filled in. It just isn't. And which is why, like, I think maybe someday I won't be a comic book artist. I'll just make fully fleshed out illustrations and I'll find a way to get paid to do that. And if I get the chance, I will do my comics in my own time for me. And mm. you could do a silent comic, no dialogue. I I've actually done like one or two. Like in terms of like professional career that we talked about, I like I would sometimes find these like nice little breaks where I would be able to like do small like six page, uh, five page short comics of my own. And that is like the closest to what I really want to do that I ever get a chance to do. But yeah, uh, Ramon, he's a busy guy. He's hustling as like old school pro style. He's busy like subway getting, making sure that the subway lady makes him the perfect sandwich. He can't be editing episodes all the time. I just know it's it's funny. Like, don't get me wrong. The pages that he's shown us look amazing. But I know the bad idea business model is like they don't publish till you have like all your shit ready to go is my understanding of that. So Mm -hmm. I think bad idea really will not be a company by the time that (laughs) motherfucker finishes that book. Yeah. It won't be a promotional. (laughs) Very fitting name. Very fitting. (laughs) I think actually I think bad idea will be very successful and don't and everything will work out great for them. Right. Yeah. If, shout yeah, out, no, no, no. It's different. I like it. A ton of money. We're going to start a publisher and call it poor decision making. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we'll start releasing books. You'll see. You'll see. It, it works out because if it all like goes belly up, they're like, it was right there right. in the name, Yeah, folks. that's the thing is like- It was a bit. We were yeah, doing it, a bit. It's all performance. Yeah. It's all- uh, it, They were, they all were dedicated yes. to the bit. Yes. <laughs> but for the record, everything I've seen of them- Oh, I, I, I own every single time, like, uh, to be honest. Damn, what a simp. So. Yeah. Uh, well, dude, you know what? <laughs> I'm standing you, by you know, my man. You know me. You know me. I'm, I'm all about the flip, and uh, this is a boutique comics company with mainstream, you know, big talent. You know, some of it's good, but. Yeah, think, no, this is a moneymaker yeah, yeah. for you, Some Cam. of it's good. Uh, to be completely honest, though, everything that's not Ramon or David Lapham can, can and will be flipped eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some really good uh, Louis LaRosa art. I, I I don't even know what project he's working on. Just whatever I think it's he posts. The Tankers book that so he's good. on. Is he post? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tankers. Yeah, that's another artist that's like. Uh, you might actually like Tankers, JB. It's actually pretty sick. So 
It's about these dudes who uh, are like they're in these like mecha robot suits. Uh, I don't but care. They're like <laughs> no, 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 no. But they're supposed yeah, to. They're no, supposed you lost to, me. Uh, you already lost. No, no, me. no. Hang on. So they're supposed to like they fight uh, kaiju's, JB. <laughs> Well, no, no, they were supposed to fight, like, uh, they end up getting stuck in the land with, like, dinosaurs, and the dinosaurs are just whooping their asses. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so that's, but I've only read the first issue. I have the rest of them, but I'm just uh, behind I think on I'll reading just, it. JB wants to kill himself. I'll just stick yeah, to yeah, reading yeah. my Topps Trading Cards uh, comic of Jurassic Park. I think I'll stick with that. Yeah. Those are pretty sick. That's some good shit, too. Yeah. No, I'm just... Yeah, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not under any sort of, like, uh economic interest defending bad idea they can do whatever they want they can like fail if they want to whatever i don't like i'm just just being i'm just being cool with my guy ramon yeah no 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 i think it's i think it's cool um i think what they're doing is cool it's different um they're trying to be disruptors i don't necessarily agree with all of it but you know what they're they're existing and they're they're paying people to make art and comics so you know, whatever that works. Yeah, yeah. So he's doing that. Uh, I I mostly feel for the Mexico and Sayo fans, the MFers who are waiting for episodes. I know they MFers. tweet about it. <laughs> yeah, the MFers. <laughs> um, they 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 tweet about it, and like it's it's out of my hands. It's out of my hands, boys. If you're listening, gutter gutter MFers. It, you just show up out. for they'll you just show up to record. Yeah. Like here's the yeah. thing. If we stopped doing regular episodes for a month, our listenership would be like a quarter of what would it is riot. now. Really? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Probably. You think they only stick around cuz you're consistent? Yes. That yeah, yeah, cuz they they love that we I don't know. And I think that uh us being accessible helps too to be honest. Well, I give. I think you give you, yourselves too little credit. I think people would stick around for like uh, hints yeah. of that that smooth low baritone voices. Well, I mean, y'all motherfuckers still have patrons that never cancel, right? I, if you're listening, patrons, we love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we would be all right, JP. <laughs> you guys are so great. And there's episodes coming, and there's going to be Patreon-exclusive episodes coming. If you want to find out about Cam coming in fourth in Mario Kart, <laughs> stick around, folks. Did uh, did Ramon ever start actually paying you from the Patreon money? Yeah, does he just pocket it, all of this? No, that that <laughs> stuff has just been going to, like, keep the TriCast going. <laughs> we thought, like, it's crazy. We got, like, this TriCast subscription that we were like, yeah, we kind of need more than 10 hours a month because we're going to be recording so much all the time. Yeah, that's one episode for you all. <laughs> <laughs> the recording. Fruit. Um, I'm not even going <laughs> to. Nah, but it, it's been still a good experience regardless. I, whenever we do get a chance to record, I like, there's times where I end up like sort of like crying laughing at some of the shit we come up with. Mm-hmm. So out of yeah. the percentage of time that you're laughing, how much of that equates to money getting paid to you from Ramon? About, uh, I'm going to say like 10, like he dropped, he dropped uh, a nice amount of money, like a couple months back. I think he just like <laughs> lets it accumulate. Oh, okay. Okay. And then sends it in chunks. But Ramon, oh, if yeah. you're listening, if you want to send some mo- more money, whenever you want. <laughs> this sounds like a laundering over. scheme. This does not sound legit <laughs> at all. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I know one time uh, when I talked to you all, Ramon was like trying to get Amazon to deliver you like a nice microphone. Yeah, I, and it it's just probably didn't show come up. In in a I think he pocketed that. The next, <laughs> the next chunk of change is gonna come in a microphone. Okay, okay. But it, it's also like like this thing where I want to start my own Patreon at some point. Yeah. And we're operating Flint.io out of his Patreon. It's not like a Flint.io Patreon. Oh, it's just his. Oh, yeah. well then, I yeah. guess that makes... Yeah, that's a bad deal. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, no. Are we going to start talking about, like, contracts here in, in the... In the Gutter Boys episode? No, but I think that you're just going to get the shit beat out of you by your abusive partner after this airs. Yeah, That's that's me and my Sundere boyfriend. You know that $3.50 I was going to send you? Not anymore. Damn. Yeah, no plantains for you. That That's actually what one plantain I was going to mail you some Burger King coupons, a two-for-one Subway gift card. No, not anymore. Ramon probably still has the old Subway stamp cards. You remember those? Oh, yes. Yeah, Ramon's probably still got those uh, from back in the still day. Still getting deals. Yeah. He loves them. Loves the deals. All right. So uh, since uh, Cam didn't put the uh, questions up for the listeners. Uh, yeah, I forgot. We- totally <laughs> I, I'm almost like 100% sure you would have gotten negative one question. Yeah. So uh, no questions, unfortunately. We'll go ahead and ask you the one question that I know we would have gotten. What did you have for breakfast today? Ooh. Uh, if it had been like any other day, it would have been like a normal, uh, answer, but I had some French toast. Oh, no that's, shit. Okay. That's nice. What's, what is normal? Uh, a normal breakfast is just like a bit of a, damn, I don't even know how to translate this, but it's like a loaf of bread. Uh, <laughs> an entire loaf of bread. <laughs> like a whole loaf or like a no, baguette? like a, like a, like small... a cutting a, a piece of a loaf of bread. Okay. It's not like sliced bread. <laughs> Yeah. Like, picturing you opening up a whole entire 24 loaf slices. Of bread. It's just yeah. over here. <laughs> You're just eating piece by piece like a crazy over person. Over here, we, we have like bread that's called sobao mm-hmm. and de agua. So, of water? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's just purely the name. Okay. Uh, one is just like a softer, smoother, almost a little bit sweeter loaf. And the de agua is like, uh, has a little bit more like, um, it's a little bit crispier. It's a bit of a crispier bread. Oh, like soda bread almost. Whatever soda bread is, probably, maybe. Okay. All right. Um, no, but I would have had like a loaf of bread or like a piece of, of it with some ham and cheese, maybe some oatmeal, uh, maybe an egg. Easy peasy. Like nothing complicated. And coffee. Have to have it. Mm. Are you a, a dark roast guy? You a light roast? Cafe Bustelo. Yeah. How, what are you doing? What's going on in there? <laughs> We we do our coffee like pretty like concentrated. Anytime I've gone to the states, whatever you guys call coffee is like a watered down thing. Mm, so you're just yeah, bring, yeah, yeah. you're just like chugging espresso. This motherfucker's it's, chewing the beans. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yes. just sludge. Um, That's tight. Just coffee sludge. Yeah, even even like putting milk in it, I keep it dark. Uh, keep it concentrated. Yeah. Oh, like my grandma gave me my first cup of coffee like when I was like eight. <laughs> it is okay. a strong shit. <laughs> I wonder if it's yeah. anything like a Cuban ex- uh, espresso. Probably, maybe. Okay. Um, it's it like PR has a bit of like has a coffee culture. We like we uh, we have a bit of like this like bragging rights thing where apparently for like the years of eighteen hundred something to eighteen hundred something, the Pope 
got his coffee from Puerto Rico. Mm. And so Dude, we'll say that. Years ago. Y'all holding on to that still? <laughs> yeah, we say we say stuff like that to like pretend we have self-esteem over here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got exploited for our resources, dog. Yes. This is how colonized people brag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that was my breakfast. So are you eating like a whole sandwich or is it like a charcuterie board where you've got like little slices of stuff and you're like making like a fancy lunchable? No, it's just a sandwich. It's just putting putting a fried egg mm. on on an open bread, throwing some cheese on it, throwing some ham on it, maybe throwing that back into the frying pan, flatten it out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we got that shit here. It's called Egg McMuffin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's exactly like an egg McMuffin. Yeah, yeah. I, no, it sounds. Dead. I'm not very familiar with Puerto Rican food for the most part. You should you should find find a local Puerto Rican nah, restaurant. That ain't happening and, in fucking Iowa, dog. That's not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, not you'd happening. be surprised. Like we're a bit like the we're everywhere. No, if there are yeah. no no no, if there are Puerto Ricans making food here, they're selling Mexican food. <laughs> they're just selling yeah, they're, tacos. They're, they're making it in their homes. They're making that in their homes. Yeah, exactly. My friend Zenon was uh or was is Puerto Rican, so I would eat uh, stuff that his mom cooked, but it was always like a lot of plantains and uh yes. tostones. Yes. Is there any yeah. is there any um, like lentils involved? I mean, we're we're like a rice and beans people. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll like my mom has this like amazing sort of like garden situation where she has like platano plants um, growing. She has aguacates growing. Mm. Uh, that's avocados. Yeah. Um, uh, so there's a lot that she can just like pick off the backyard. Damn, that's um, sick. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very uh, fulfilling. Every time my mom's like, yeah, I, I just picked that. Like what you're eating this like fried plantain that's like really nice and sweet. Yeah, that was fresh. Mm, fried plantains, man. Yeah, the shit right there. Yeah, like uh, the I would always have like uh, yeah, fried plantains and like a a pork, like a pulled pork. I don't know if it was I don't know if it was pork, but it was like a pulled shredded meat. Uh, they would always. Uh, mm, might... It might be. It might. It might have been pork. It might have been like uh, similar to like uh, your lechon. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, you know what else is good is uh, I think you all do mofongo, right? Yes, we do. Okay, what, yes, what is do. this? I've heard of it. It's Mofongo like, is it's like a, a mashed plantain. Oh, no. no, it's a mashed plantain that's like made into like almost like a ball or a dome. Okay, um, and it usually has like garlic and bacon bits inside, and it's a very savory plantain mm. that gets fried for a bit. So it, it's just fried enough, but it stays chewy, and usually it's served with some juicy uh, fried meat. I'm sorry, like Shrimp, I'm right? like. My mouth is watering just from talking about it. <laughs> so this, this sounds like a, a plantain croquet almost. Yeah, it's it's like that pretty much. But like, uh, yeah, I've always had it with like uh, like uh, the roast, uh, like the pulled pork or like a, a shrimp. Mm-hmm. Shrimp on. I don't know. Yeah, shrimp on what it's served with Puerto Rico. Yeah, sometimes mate. it's served in the pilong itself. The I forget how to translate pilong. It's like the wooden penis cup thing. Mm. And and you have like uh the thing you use to mash. Penis. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a mortar and pestle type deal? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um sometimes it's served that way and then it's served with like a it it's used as a bowl 
And so the base is mofongo, and then there's a broth poured on it with meat, chicken. Uh, it could be shrimp. It could be like pork. We love our pork over here. Chuleta. No, it's I. I just had chuleta today with some like pork chops. I guess that's Hell what those yeah. are called. Well, you might need to chill with the anti-Semitism on this pod. We don't. We don't uh, support I'm sorry. that kind of talk. Yeah. Yeah. It. This. Yeah. It's not very kosher. There's there's a lot of our food that isn't very kosher. Like we have uh, morcilla, um, which is pork intestines, mm-hmm. fried pork intestines. Basically, like they're cleaned out and they're like filled in. But yeah, I I I, I don't know if the rabbi would approve those. I mean, I would <laughs> assume probably not. <laughs> yeah, probably but, not. Well, you know, are there any uh, are there any Puerto Rican practicing Jews there? I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. I think I think Molly Crabapple <laughs> is would be would be one prominent one that comes to mind. But I I know that there's synagogues on the island. Okay. I've passed by a few, and you know the evangelicals over here are like really pro. Like oh yeah, they love uh, it. Israel. Yeah, yeah, they love that yeah. shit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they're just so, like yeah, let's put Palestinian heads on spikes. Hell yeah. <laughs> For Jesus. Uh, yeah, no, I, I yeah, know. Yeah, no. I know I'm, the vibe. I'm kind of living in a situation like that. Yeah, no. Florida is very similar. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, Florida, I mean, if you're, if, like, Florida is practically little Puerto Rico now. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> legit. I mean, it's, yeah, it's little Cuba, there's little Puerto Rico, there's little Nicaragua, there's little Ecuador, pretty much. They're not, they're not sending to the best folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite New York them. City, but yeah. Yeah, no, but you're getting like new Puerto Ricans. Like New York City yeah, is yeah, like yeah. you got you got yeah, like old Puerto, Puerto Ricans from the '70s, right. and they're taking that '70s culture, and, not and you got going all those New Yorkers thinking, <laughs> yeah, like all those New Yorkers thinking like they know what being Puerto Rican is. No, like the actual Puerto Ricans are in Florida right now, right. Right, like right, right. they're in Florida riding horses. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the streets. Yeah, <laughs> they're in the streets of Miami <laughs> riding horses. I want to hang out with like a Chicago Puerto Rican guy and a New York Puerto Rican guy and just hear them go at it. Yeah, it, it is. It is like a, a competition of random Puerto Rican trivia from the '80s that's irrelevant to anything. Hell yeah, that rocks. Shout out to any New Yorkers listening. By the way, love y'all. I, if you want to learn more about the island, hit me up. Come on the island, yeah. Puerto <laughs> Actually, Rico, but just man. Don't, don't come and buy anything over here. We're tired of this. We're tired of like people coming in and with like income and, and taking all our all our houses. How dare you come here with your income? Goddamn your, American income. Your money. <laughs> Yeah. Like, nobody over here gets paid enough to get a house. Right. Yeah. Um, that's like, when whenever we do talk, get into, like, politics in Flintaio, like, that's kind of, like, my main PR beef. Like, we're getting, we're getting gentrified the hell out of the island. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the economy so is in... crypto kings. Yeah, there mm-hmm. you go. There is a... You got money, there is... There's many fronts. The crypto guys... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, spoilers for some flintio episodes but yeah yes there is a lot of that there is a lot like basically we have a government that is positioned to sell us out yeah right like our, yeah, you guys literally, our local government is making all of its bank on our backs they keep a cut 
and then the rest goes yes. to the U.S. so that they don't send it to you for aid. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <it's laughs> and and then Tale and then they sell time, like the folks. most <laughs> the most beautiful parts of the island to uh, billionaires that will pay no taxes. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see what's yeah. wrong with that. So seems like it's working out. Yeah. It's 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 only uh, skyrocketing real estate prices. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. That's actually good. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm hearing in the in the local like expats because that's what they call themselves. They're oh yeah, I'm an expat. Yeah, I was reading the Washington Post and they said it's good actually that that yeah. that that's happening. Yeah, they're bringing progress. Right, right. <laughs> What's crazy too is like there's got to be so many like uh, Puerto Ricans that have been living in major U.S. cities for decades who are all very vehemently voting for people that are doing this shit to Puerto Rico. <laughs> uh, it's so it's like the outside inside relationship. Like there's a lot of like very well-meaning Puerto Ricans oh, sure. in the yeah. States yeah, yeah. who think that they're doing good, but it really it really doesn't work. Like, give me one second. The cat I'm was agreeing let my cat with you. Out. Can you hear him? Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah you tell him. I, my dog I'm just going to let him out. Time. Speak on it. We had the cat on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just meowing into the microphone. You know cats. You know cats. Yeah. I, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They, you can't have a closed door no, on them. They will start trying to rip the door open. Exactly. He was starting. He was like yeah. uh, sharpening his nails. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, like... Like, the politics of it is crazy. There's no simple solution, and the people with all the power just get to fast-track the worst aspects of gentrification on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. It's, uh, it's not good. It's not good at all. <laughs> <laughs> if I dare say. <laughs> Might not uh, be good, uh, folks. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you. <laughs> but don't worry. Don't worry, because you are a comic artist yes so you're gonna make a lot of money exactly you're gonna yeah. be get yourself out of this situation you will have your own mansion little fiefdom mm -hmm. over there in puerto rico it'll be good mm -hmm. as long as i can as long as i can keep getting american money flowing i'll be like <laughs> i'll live like a king over here uh all right well daniel thank you so much for coming on the show finally i know it's been something we've been trying to do for a while since we've had ramon like 20 times at this point yeah, I mean Ramon's a mainstay. He's practically a gutter boy. But I'm he doesn't like you are though. Very yeah, happy yeah, to yeah. be here. He doesn't like to admit that he's a gutter boy. Yeah, he he likes to think he's above us. Yeah, but he'll right. probably get really mad that I said that. He's like, no, I'm supposed to think <laughs> I just, hate that. I'm just gonna throw my subway sandwich out now. <laughs> just shoves it down into the garbage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pulls another I, one out of the refrigerator. Yeah, <laughs> I really enjoyed being on. Yeah, we'll have you back on for a bonus, that's for sure. Yeah, because sure. uh, that's something our rule. More, like, something that doesn't have anything to do with me. Like, I, this is like the worst subject for me being in a podcast, me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad you came on. So where can people find you online and check out your shit and get your shit? Uh, you, you can find me, like, I'll start posting on Instagram eventually, like, once I... No, it's, it's pointless. I've, it's, it's fucking useless. Yeah, it's just, once I, once I 
packaged and and once we start shipping out holy west issue one uh you're gonna be seeing more art from me again but i've sort of been on a sort of hibernation but if you want to see me posting like random really random things you can catch me on twitter at daniel irizari that's if you even like just read the gutter boy title whatever that's spelled like yeah the name your name will be in there Yeah, yeah find me there and on instagram with the same and i'll eventually post if you want but You'll find me in the pages of Holy West, hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Can people still order it, or are you going to have copies for sale for everybody that missed the Kickstarter? The goal is to fulfill all the Kickstarter goals and then open it up. Okay, so people will be able to get their hands on it. Yes. Yeah, every time I post a new page, people ask me what it is and where can they find it. So That's good. Yeah. Well, uh, it'll be good. When it is on sale, we'll uh, give you a free plug here. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe I'll come by and we can talk about the actual book. Yeah, yeah, on a yeah, Patreon yeah, feed yeah, or some sure, shit for sure. For sure. And, and let us know when your Patreon finally gets going. We'll we'll plug and that. No matter yeah. what Ramon says, you do not have to give him a cut of that. <laughs> he he will he'll want one though. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course, dude. Thanks for coming on. And uh, yes, yeah, that about yes. does it for this round of Gutter Boys. Yes. Uh, Yes. As always, stay gutter. <laughs> yes, stay yes. gutter, folks. <laughs> stay gutter. Oh, 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 oh,